You're listening to The Whole Church Podcast. Our efforts to educate and unite the church are made possible thanks to our sponsors on Patreon. Please consider joining them for $3 a month at patreon.com forward slash The Whole Church Podcast, where you'll get access to our special bonus content like our pet peeve segment, where we ask our guests about their pets and their peeves about the church. You'll also get extra discounts on our upcoming convention this May, the Every Tribe, Denomination, and Tongue Convention. Join us in Chapel Hill, May 11th through 13th. 2 Timothy 2, 14 through 17 in the Christian Standard Bible reads, Remind them of these things and charge them before God not to fight about words. This is useless and leads to the ruin of those who listen. Be diligent to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who doesn't need to be ashamed, correctly teaching the word of truth. Avoid irreverent and empty speech, since those who engage in it will produce even more godlessness and their teaching will spread like gangrene. Here, St. Paul is writing to Timothy, instructing him of how he should instruct other leaders in the church. Brother Matthew, how can correct teaching and avoiding empty speech help maintain the unity of the church? Oh man, well, this is one of those things where the more I learn and uh, you know, the, the more appreciation I gain for other points of views and that there are many well-constructed arguments the the smaller the circle gets for me of what is correct um so i like i read this almost as i don't know that correct teaching is as much a content as a way of teaching i think if we're teaching humbly and we're um you know teaching empathetically and relationally and all of those things more than the content um, and then as far as as far as empty speech, I mean, uh, one of my pet peeves is Christians who are really into sports. That's my hot take. That's the spicy one for today. I um, am the pet peeve. Perfect. <laughs> right. No. <laughs> uh, so, I, I mean, from 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 a Christian perspective, if we are eternally minded, I think to me, Anything that is empty speech is anything that doesn't come from or add to that eternal perspective. We should be, at least as teachers, discussing the things that matter. Um, And I think so those two things, being a teacher who is of right attitude, someone who is humble and teachable themselves and empathetic and relational, and then someone who you know, keeps the main thing the main thing. Um, I mean, I think that's how we have unity right there. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Whole Church Podcast, possibly your favorite church unity podcast. I'm Joshua Noel. I am, of course, as always, joined by the legend, the one whom, when archaeologists have dug up and found the the most ancient cave paintings they discovered that the neanderthals prophesied of this thing called podcast and this guy who will do them known as only tiberius of the river Wan. tj tiberius Wan blackwell thanks for joining your show thank you glad to be here yeah yeah me too me too um Actually, I think Trip Fuller is the one who sainted you. I, I just had you prophesied by Neanderthals for some reason. Yeah. Mm. The legend continues. And we are here to interview the one and only uh, Brother Matthew, Matthew Winter. How's it going, man? Thank you for joining us. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah. And today we're going to be talking to him about his story, his different online ministries podcast, and some about deconstruction, reconstruction, all that kind of stuff. So hold on there. We'll have a lot packed into this. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, check out our convention website in the description below. Use code HOLE for 40% off checkout. Consider supporting us on Patreon to get an additional 20% off. And then you can also get access to our fun bonus segments. I'm sure you'd yeah. like to hear them. It's about pet peeves and uh, talking quickly. Yeah, yeah. TJ, did I mention that we're going to have to change that to be in Chapel Hill? So that's kind of a major announcement, I guess. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, guys, it's going to be in Chapel Hill now. <laughs> uh, we had, we had uh, I don't want to say issue. We had, we had some major changes with the facility that we were planning on using. Yeah. So with that, uh, Brother Matthew, I, I'm sure you're aware. Um, it, it's widely known that there there's only one foolproof way to have unity um it, it's impossible even in the church to have disagreements when you're being as goofy as i'm about to be with our <laughs> silly question and today's silly question is of course i don't even remember what it is so i said of course and then i'm like having to read it if you <laughs> if you were a fruit what fruit do you think you would be and why why did i make that the question tj right what fruit would you be and why uh, i would have to go with an orange navel florida Pomelo tangent. It doesn't really matter. All of the so oranges. You don't like Florida. Except for their their oranges are good though. True. That's pretty much it. Disagree. But why orange? Well, you why interrupted you an me. So, uh, uh, easy to open, easy to get into, and you are what you eat. So. Hmm. Hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um. Man, man, this this is this is rough. I'm thinking here. I think I'm a green apple because I'm like, because I'm like an apple, it's like, oh, this should be sweet. I like, I think people think that I should be sweet and then you bite and I'm actually kind of sour. Also, I like the color green a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the fruit chosen by Captain Barbosa in Pirates of the Caribbean. So I think I also deserve to be in that movie. Yeah. Uh, Brother Matthew. <laughs> What fruit would you be and why? Oh man, so I so I would be a pineapple actually. I am a pineapple. Here's why. Mm -hmm. So uh, mm -hmm. a a pineapple has a rough brown exterior. So it's it's hard to touch. It's not pretty to look at. And then you get on the inside and it's not much better. You have the sweet and sour kind of thing and uh its juice can be used as an acid. So I'm a pineapple. I almost said that I'd be a coconut because I go really well with rum, but that might not go over with all of our audience. So I left that <laughs> left that alone until now, where I said it yeah, anyway. Until yeah. you said it anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't think we've ever interviewed a pineapple on the show before, have we? I don't think so. Yeah, this is a first. This is exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, one thing we found that helps with church unity is to hear one another's stories. Would you mind sharing for our listeners a snapshot of your own faith journey? Oh, man, a snapshot. Um, you know. Okay, so I grew up um, grew up in the Church of God, which um, actually my family goes way back in uh, not only that denomination, but this particular body um, about, what is this, 23, about 100 years now. Um, grew up there, so had some family stuff happen that the church got wind of and we were actually asked to leave 
Um, and then, so we started going to a Baptist church where I was saved, baptized, and discipled. So I was on multiple worship teams there, uh, helped lead the youth, um, spent most of my 20s not in church, um, trying to be successful in my band. Um, and then when I was 30, my wife left. God kind of drew me back to himself and um, sent me to the church I grew up in that I promised I would never, ever go to again. So hmm, there's that. <laughs> Where we, I have actively been on the worship team the last five years um, doing that stuff. Nice. So, yeah, so I'm I'm plugged in there in a place that I never, ever thought that I would be. But uh, God has a sense of humor like that. Yeah, yeah. We both grew up Church of God of Prophecy. Right now, I'm attending a Lutheran church, but I, TJ still yeah. attends Kogop. Technically, I'm still a member of Kogop. Um, yeah, so we're um, which they're both they're like sister churches for those who don't know they're both Pentecostal denominations. Church of God of Prophecy split off right. from Church of God. They're like um, rival denominations. Oh yeah, well, yeah. I, I mean, mean at this point we're yeah, basically I'm, the same. Church of God Anderson, which is you know non-denominational technically, even though it's a denomination. You know, if you yeah, fun stuff. look if you look like a duck, you are one. But <laughs> hey, uh, what kind of band? What kind of band were you doing back when you were so, not avoiding church? <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I wasn't avoiding church per se. It was more, uh, it was more my ex-wife who just didn't want us to go to church. But that's a whole nother story. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was in. Uh, hard to explain, but um, it's basically like Evanescence, but metalcore. It was like Sweet. it was like Fun. female fronted Killswitch. Nice. Sweet. But uh, um, where I, yeah. but like. Where I live, everything was like punk and hardcore. So we, we never got any traction. We kind of just spun our wheels for five years. Mm. Did you release anything? Uh, not anything that anybody wants to hear or that I'm willing to share. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. You know, r real quick, you you mentioned your ex-wife, whatever. A, a lot of churches, especially, you, I know Pentecostal Baptist kind of, background uh -huh. it's hard to get into ministry once you've kind of gone through a divorce like that is it is your church mostly handled that pretty well or i mean it is why i'm just a guitar player i don't think that i'll ever be more than that in um in an organized church body mm -hmm. which which is part of why i teach online because I, yeah. I get to, i get to set my own requirements fair enough fair enough so what can you tell us about more about the uh, the faith community you're in now. You said you're at a Church of God church where you're at. What um, yeah, yeah, what's unique yes. about it? Oh man! So <laughs> when when I first started uh, when I first started attending again um, six years ago, it I've come around on this as I've been learning. But at the time, it seemed to be what I call squish. It seemed soft on sin. It seemed overly accommodating. All of these things. And uh, that's actually what that's actually what led me to my first big deconstruction moment, because like I felt that God led me here. I was where I was supposed to be, but I was encountering all of this stuff that I thought was soft and false and all of that. And uh, so I've had to start over and uh, kind of relearn everything through more of a graceful lens. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things I really like 
is that we do we do relationship well and we do mm-hmm. we do community well we're involved all over um all over our community in our um you know pregnancy center in our homeless programs we have a daycare we've got so like we're super plugged in and i think that uh even though i may have you know theological and dogmatic disagreements sometimes with Mm -hmm. their official stances um we really really live the gospel and we ri- and we really understand the aspect of the kingdom that is right now. Praise God. Good stuff. You've done a couple different podcasts with your brother Matthew's ministry, the Reconstructed Faith podcast and the Commuter Christian podcast. Could you tell us some about the inspirations for these and how you got into online ministry? Uh yeah. Uh yeah. So as I said, I, I started t- I started attending the church where I currently um I'm still plugged in. And um, really just fell into this questioning and this doubt and this, okay, well, why, like, what do I believe? Why do I believe it? All of those sorts of things. And um, that happened while simultaneously I started working with this guy at my old job who, um, who had uh, recent recently deconverted, and he had all of these questions and all of that stuff that I didn't have answers for, but I wanted to have answers for. So that just mm-hmm. that that fed into my own spiritual journey. So I just I started studying history and theology and philosophy and apologetics and all of this stuff. And I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm just a regular guy. I've never been to school for any of this stuff but I've learned all of these things and so can you. So I just started chronicling my journey and kind of putting my thoughts down, well, not on paper, but, you know, into the airwaves and, uh, you know, just hoping that as I reconstruct after that big deconstruction moment, that um, it could be a blessing to others who are in a similar situation. Um, And, and then as far as the commuter Christian podcast goes, basically I got a new job. Um, I got uh, promoted and I was working about 80 hours a week. So I really didn't have time to do a full on let's study a topic. Let's create an outline. Let's do yeah. all this stuff. So commuter Christian is literally me in my car just having conversations with other people while I am commuting to work and I throw it on the internet. Hmm. I like, I like a name. That's literally what it is. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, yeah. it's like the Amanda Bonds show. It was a show about Amanda Bonds. Perfect. Right. <laughs> Couldn't possibly have a better name. Yeah. I, yeah, that, that is definitely part of the, the burden of knowledge, which it's, it's funny. Like it's kind of like a chain reaction. Yep. The more you love God, the more you want to learn. The more you learn, you have this, you do have a burden to share it. Podcasting is a fantastic way to do it. Also, podcasting is a little bit therapeutic for those who don't know. It's yeah, nice. Absolutely. A lot of us who do this just do it because it makes us feel better. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so what What other – do you do any other ministries that our listeners should be following or checking out or anything? Is that basically uh, the main two? Well, so I've been I've been off basically well, I don't, about a year from Reconstructed Faith because of the job change. I was doing doing commuter Christian for a bit and then that just fell off 
because there was some life stuff with some of my other um, co-hosts and core uh, cohorts that helped me do that stuff. Um, so I've been doing a lot of guest spots like this one to, to, uh, to kind of fill in the space, but I am getting ready to relaunch everything under the brother Matthew brand, which, um, so the, I'll be adding a third show, which is the Bible according to brother Matthew, where I'm actually just going to be doing a walk through scripture from more of a, more of an apologetic and higher critical standpoint. I'm getting ready to start in Mark. The first couple episodes are first of all going to be like, what do we know about who Mark is? Do we know when it was written? Why does when it was written matter? All of those sorts of things before I even get into digging into the text. So that's yeah. going to be. Yeah. That. Talk about when Q left the Enterprise and then came down and read the other gospel. <laughs> oh, that's a, such a fantastic meme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so uh, getting ready to add that rebrand the whole thing, other brother Matthew, because there's like two other reconstructed faith podcasts, so it's hard for people to find me. So I'm just gonna put everything under the brother Matthew envelope, and it'll be easier to find the other two shows. Is there a website or anything that'll uh, uh, that'll is, be up on? It is currently being developed. Right now, everything is on reconstructedfaithpodcast.com, but I'm getting ready to launch brothermatthew.net. Perfect. And it, depending on when this airs, it'll probably be up by then. Hmm. Good. Sweet. So one thing that we like to do to help our audience get to know our guests a little better is our speed round segment. Uh, we're just going to ask you a series of questions, and we have two rules. You have to answer in a single sentence. And we can't ask you any follow-up questions. That rule is actually for Josh. So, do you think you're up for that? I don't know if I can do single sentences, but I can try. All right. Well, we're starting with an easy one. Who or what is God? Okay. Well, some would say that God is a maximally great being, comma, but I prefer the uh, the IIP apologetic model for who God is, semicolon, which is um, God is infinite right no beginning no end he's independent which means he is not under any causal factors or outside influences and he is personal which doesn't mean that i have my version and you have your version but it means that god has personhood he's a person so god god is an infinite independent personal being who created all things what is salvation oh man um, salvation is reconciliation. It is being made whole to God and reconciled to him. What is the Trinity? What is the Trinity is one divine essence, um, one divine essence presented in three personhoods. What authority does scripture have? Scripture is, mm, okay. I would say scripture has the final authority, but it is not the only authority. What authority does tradition have? Um, I think I think tradition has the authority of helping helping to inform us how to interpret scripture in its authority. Hmm. What are your views on free will and predestination? Yes. Mm -hmm. What do you love about the Bible? I love that the Bible is an onion. There's always another layer to peel back. You can go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper until you finally get to the core. And just like an onion, as you're digging in, it makes you cry. Like Shrek. 
<laughs> so, how many of the seven sacraments do you or your church hold to, and which ones? Um, so, baptism and um, communion, and then we are also a foot-washing church as well. Not a sacrament, <laughs> but we love to hear it. We, we consider it one. <laughs> Big pants. So that, oh, that's sick. That's interesting. <laughs> also, makes some sense. It does. It does. All right. Well, uh, I, I think he succeeded the the speed round, right? Does he get a technically prize? yes? <laughs> All right. Well, now that that's out of the way, you you've mentioned earlier, and you talk a lot on other shows about deconstruction and kind of how you've reconstructed your faith or are reconstructing your faith. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Could you kind of break down what do those terms mean for you? Yeah. And why is that movement so popular, and how is it actually helping? some people. Okay. Well, I think I, I think the first thing for everyone to admit is that deconstruction has absolutely been demonized by certain radical more fundamental elements. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, so actually, yeah, my whole thing actually started as a hey, let's prevent people from deconstructing. And then in studying deconstruction, oh. it led to my own deconstruction. <laughs> <laughs> That's amusing. Right. So so really deconstruction is, and this is almost the dictionary definition, it is a system by which we look for internal contradictions in our belief systems. We ask, okay, what is it that I believe about a thing and why do I believe it? And then that's, mm-hmm. that's the rocky part. That's the spicy spicy. Uh, the spicy spot for so many of us that grew up evangelical Christians, when we get to that, why do I believe this thing? We have to just pause. When we go to take inventory, we realize there's not much there. We just, you know, believe what we were taught by our parents or my pastor teaches this or popular guy I like to read believes thusly. And there's no internalized um, you know, there's no meat on the bone. There's nothing belief the service. We believe because we do. Mm. And and a, a lot of people hit that point and then they don't have um, – they're either in a more, I would say, constrictive fundamental type environment where they don't have anyone to go who go to who will allow them to question these things. They're just mm-hmm. told to have more faith or what have you. Um, and then there are others who are definitely in a more attractional evangelical type setting who have people to go to that, you know, love that they're wrestling with these things, but then aren't equipped to have them on that journey because they too just have a borrowed faith. And then so I think people on both sides of that paradigm often end up not only deconstructing, but deconverting because yeah. they they don't have anyone to be in relationship with on their journey. Well, and that's, there's a lot of reasons for it. I think one of the main reasons we see some of that is Christian culture, church culture, if you will, has done a very bad job at giving good faith arguments to the other side. So Mm -hmm. we raise up our kids of evolution is false. And here's the absolute worst case arguments on the other side. So then when they encounter a single good argument, they have no defense for that. Yep. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, and that's why I really like your, your answer with authority too, because too often we say, you know, um, tradition has no authority and then it's like, okay, so then when you question 
why you believe scripture. And it's kind of like, well, if tradition has no authority. The canon should have no authority. Right. I believe scripture <laughs> because there's two thousands of people, 2000 years of people who have walked with God before me who also believe scripture. Yeah. And at <laughs> right. At least. And, you know, there, there there are certain interpretations that are, you know, within the realm of um, I I'm more and more all the time hating the term orthodoxy, but we'll use it here. You know, tradition does hand us um, tradition. A better answer to circle back is tradition gives us the guardrails through which to interpret scripture's authority. Yeah. Uh-huh. So where are you with your deconstruction reconstruction journey now? Oh man. Um, just, just recently, I had a huge reduction in my circle of what I've considered um, necessary orthodoxy, and I've uh, in that actually mm-hmm. I've I've been struggling with I've been struggling with identity a little bit and all kinds of things in that uh, you know because you you champion you know all of these things are important you know it's important that you believe xyz or you know do you even christian bro and then most of that just gets blown out the window and i'm left with like two things so you know when when your identity has been in kind of almost gatekeeping and now i might now i'm outside of my own previous circle of orthodoxy i'm left to struggle with that mm. And yeah. fig- figuring out where I fall in that and who I am. And, uh, you know, does that mean that I'm actually actually outside the thing and I have some repenting to do or what? Or does it just mean that I was wrong about where, you know, where the line is? Yeah, yeah. it's not an enviable position because none of us, yeah. you know, none of us want to be in that place where, you know, we think that we are no longer in. Yeah, well, that's so a lot you, of the you got to struggle with that. A lot of us who have done some form of deconstruction and reconstruction kind of stuff find ourselves in that area where it's like, hmm, man, that's really awkward. This Facebook memory is me condemning people like me. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. So uh, is there any question that you always hope to get asked whenever you're interviewed that you aren't? Um, hmm, not really. I mean, I mean, I think we hit most of them in the speed round. I mean, obviously... I could do yeah. a full I could do a full podcast on any of those, but um. <laughs> well, then uh, we'll just come up with something. Uh, are you pre mid or post tribulation view? None of the above. Awesome. What was your favorite question from the speed round? My favorite. Qu- oh man, um, either either who or what is God, or of course the free will and predestination question, which in a speed round I can only say yes. Yeah. So. <laughs> what the who or what is God? That That's a fun one for me. If you were given more than one sentence, say three sentences, what, what would I mean, you say? <laughs> I, I I pretty much did that. I I on the <laughs> air added commas and semicolons to prove it was one sentence. Yeah, that's what Father Jonathan started. It's a good tradition. <laughs> tradition has authority here, so, you know. Right. You know. <laughs> that's funny. Funny. All right, then. Well, what about your predestination free will? Okay, so this comes in understanding that there is a difference between our volition or our desires and our will. So we absolutely have free will, but I don't believe that we have free volition. So our free, our free will responds to our desires. Um, I, 
I read the Bible very clearly. Um, I would believe, uh, or I would agree with Luther on this, that we're either a slave to sin or a slave to Christ. And then we, we then have free will within whatever we're in bondage to. So when, when we're a slave to sin, we have free will to decide what kind of sin and how much and all of those sorts of things. And then when we're a slave to Christ, we have the freedom to obey or not to. So we're actually more free when we're in bondage to Christ than we are when we're in bondage to sin. And I think it's only through rebirth and regeneration and faith and all of those things that God can change us from being slave to sin to a slave to Christ. But we're still free. We have free will to do, mm -hmm. you know, whatever we willst under the dominion of our desire, which... When you're born again and all of that, your desire is for God. Your, your desire is obedience. For me, I always think it's really funny with the answers of, well, if God knows everything I'm going to do, then I don't really have free will, blah. Because I'm like, you know, as someone who, 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 you know, I'm, I'm Lutheran. I believe, you know, sinner and saint kind of thing. Someone right. who's a sinner. <laughs> and right. uh, I spent so, time being really guilty of manipulating others. Mm -hmm. There's been plenty of times where I did stuff because I knew exactly what that other person was going to do. Right. Does that mean that person didn't have free will? Cause I knew, of course not. No. Uh, and I think God's way smarter than me. Right. Well, it come, it comes down to whether God foreknowing will do a thing is causative and it isn't like he, yeah. he knows what we're going to do. Like it is set in stone where we're, we're not going to do anything different because God's just that smart. But God has foreseen what we are freely choosing to do, and we will freely choose to do the thing that God saw that we would do. But his knowledge isn't causative. God isn't making us do those things. Yeah. I think we broke some new ground. They're going to be including us in uh, systematic theology books in the future. We discovered <laughs> God is smart. <laughs> <laughs> I've bought that for many years. I was just afraid to say it out loud. <laughs> Man, if we only asked TJ more questions, what we could discover. Mm. Mm. <laughs> true, true, actually. God is actually the, the president of Mensa. Oh, who knew? <laughs> well, so, oh, God, sorry, that was funny. Um, Matthew, there is one thing we like to ask every guest when they come on our show, and that's just if you had to recommend a single, just a practical action that our listeners could go do right now that would mm -hmm. better help maintain the unity of the whole church. Mm -hmm. What action would you have people go do? Go talk to someone of a different faith tradition, open-mindedly listen to understand rather than listening to respond. And just beyond that in general, I mean, I think just learn, like I said at the beginning, kind of learn the stances and that most of us believe what we believe for good reasons. I mean, Lutherans have good arguments about why they're Lutherans and Presbyterians and Anglicans and likewise. They're not just the weird guys over there. And learn to honor and respect people's convictions as you would have them honor and respect yours. And I think in all of that, we will find the centrality of Christ, which is where our union is actually found. Yeah. So what would the ramifications be if everyone listening did that? Oh, man. Well, you know, you instantly stop viewing them as the other guys, the people over there on the other side of the wall. 
And um, you, you break those walls down when you discover their convictions and that they have reasons for believing what they believe. And they're not just weirdos. Let's be honest. They might be weirdos, but they're not yeah. just weirdos. Um, Maybe then, break down some of those stereotypes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in that, as I said, if we can find the heart of Christ in every believer, regardless of their denomination, then we can honor their Imago Dei. Mm. Man, what a world. All right. So before we wrap up, uh, we like to ask everyone to share a moment where they saw God recently in their life, whether that be a blessing, challenge, moment of worship, curse, any of the above, anywhere you saw God, cool pack of stickers on the ground, anything. <laughs> uh, I always like to start with Josh to give myself and our esteemed guest plenty of time to think. So, Josh, do you have a God moment for us this week? Yeah. I went to my, my first ever Ash Wednesday service. It was really powerful. It was really cool. And a, a lot of it, you know, I was expecting to have a, you know, a moment with God, that kind of, you know, spiritual kind of whatever. So it was cool. But I think because I've only ever heard of Lent from Catholic churches who are a lot more rigid in how they do it, mm-hmm. I was really surprised when the the message on Lent that was delivered, he said, he started it with, it's not about what you're going to give up, and it's not about adding something. It's about how are we communing with God and refocusing our communion. And I like... And which is funny because the way they did it, it was between when they put the ash on your forehead and when we had communion service. Mm-hmm. So getting ready to have communion with some ash on my forehead, he's sitting here saying it's about refocusing on the communion, which reminds me of why we do communion. And I'm just kind of, I found that especially challenging, seeing as how I spent the whole day getting ready for church service, thinking, oh, what am I going to give up? Trying to like come up with something that wouldn't be too hard for my first time doing Lent, you know, but also wouldn't be so easy that it wasn't worth doing. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll give up hot water. Maybe I'll give up this. And then he's like, oh, man, I'm like, you know, it's not that I didn't know that, but it's like, man, I was focusing on the wrong thing still, even though I knew the right thing. <laughs> so it was a good reminder. Yeah, I uh, so work's been rough. We're suffering from too few managers. Uh, we had only had three for a long time, and now we have five. And uh, at the end of the week, we're going back to three. So, yeehaw, let's go. Ooh, ooh. How'd that happen? They are quitting. Oh, I'm sorry. I had that wrong. I thought you were going to two and then going up to three at the end of the week. Nope. Okay. So, no They new had three, they gained two, and now they're going back to three. To keep it on topic and to hijack the show for a second, where is God in that, TJ? Uh, in the fact that uh, I'm still going to be all right. Amen. You can have yeah. your show back now. Yeah, that falls under the challenge. Challenge? Realm, yeah. Maybe? God's challenging you. Yeah. Can you Biblical. do all things through Christ? I love being the guy who takes that out of context. It's so much fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so for me... Although I'll argue in that context, it might be... Might actually work. Anyway. That, that's very close to the correct context, actually. So it gets a pass. <laughs> I did it. A minus. That's all I need. <laughs> oh, man. Um, as I've been going through this recent identity crisis, through the shrinking of orthodoxy and all the stuff we talked about earlier, um, God has been showing me that a lot of a lot of what I have perceived as conviction, passion and holy discontent and all of that is really me just being someone who's really angry on the inside. And so I have all of this anger that I've got. And, you know, we're told our whole lives to, you know, calm down and trust Christ and all those sorts of things. 
which are never helpful statements. And there's not an instruction manual on it. So that's that's the current breakthrough for me is I need to learn how to let go of all of this anger and to give that to God, as they say. Uh, then what's what's left and who am I after I let go of all that anger? Yeah. What's yeah. the answer? What's left? <laughs> no instruction manual. I don't know yet. Uh, you should watch uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. <laughs> for sure. So thank you for listening. Thank you, Brother Matthew, for your time today. Thanks if you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend or an enemy. You can share it with your cousins. We love it when you share it with your cousins. They're more likely to listen. Yeah, true. Uh, and you can buy tickets to our convention, which will be in Chapel Hill. Uh, we are going to have Chapel Hill local food trucks and lots of cool people for you to meet. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, if you want to hear more from me and TJ talking about our favorite fandoms and how they how we view them through the lens of faith, you can go check out our other show, Systematic Geekology at systematicgeekology.org. Right. We hope you enjoyed it. Come back next week when we'll be doing another roundtable discussion, this time discussing how Christians should interact with other faith communities in their local area. Then we'll be starting a series asking ministers of different denominations about how they conduct their worship services and mass services. Finally, at the end of season one, Francis Chan will be joining us. Yeah. Does he know yet? I hope so. Yeah, I hope not. I don't know. I'm getting, I'm getting tired of it. I'm getting tired of it. I'm ready for him to just kind of go ahead and be on. I'm ready to start saying Pope Francis' name at the end of the show. That'd be a much more fun joke. Yeah. So, <laughs> Francis, let us know if when you get the invite and are willing are you to be about on the, the show. Pope or or Chan. Both. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you for listening to the Whole Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, you could always sponsor our show at patreon.com forward slash the Whole Church Podcast for three dollars a month. Tune back in next week, where we'll be having another roundtable discussion, this time discussing how the church should be interacting with people of different religions in our local communities.